0: And welcome to the Dead Author Society. I'm Artemis Rosier. Today, we celebrate Frank Herbert. Date of death, February 11th, 1986. Rest in peace. Dune. Appendixes. Appendix 1. The Ecology of Dune.
1: Beyond a critical point within a finite space, freedom diminishes as numbers increase. This is true of humans in the finite space of a planetary ecosystem, as it is of gas molecules in a sealed flask. The human question is not how many can possibly survive within the system, but what kind of existence is possible for those do survive.
0: Parado Kynes. First planetologist of Arrakis. The effect of Arrakis on the mind of the newcomer usually is that of overpowering barren land. The stranger might think nothing could live or grow in the open here, that this was the true wasteland that had never been fertile and never would be. To Parado Kynes, The planet was merely an expression of energy, a machine being driven by its sun. What it needed was reshaping to fit it to man's needs. His mind went directly to the free-moving human
1: population, the Fremen. What a challenge. What a tool they could be, Fremen, an ecological and geological force of almost unlimited
0: a direct and simple man, in many ways, Pareto, Kynes. One must evade Harkonnen restrictions, excellent, then one marries a Fremen woman. When she gives you a Fremen son, you began with him, the Liet Kynes, and the other children teaching them ecological literacy, creating a new language with symbols that arm the mind to manipulate an entire landscape, climate, seasonal limits, and finally to break through all ideas mm. of force into the dazzling awareness of order.
1: There's an internally recognized beauty of motion and balance on any man-healthy planet,
0: Hines said.
1: You see in this beauty a dynamic, stabilizing effect essential to all life. Famous, simple, to maintain and produce coordinated patterns of greater and greater diversity. Life improves the closed system's capacity to sustain life-life. All life is in the service of life. Necessary nutrients are made available to life by life in greater and greater richness as the diversity of life increases. The entire landscape comes alive filled with relationships and relationships within relationships.
0: This was Peridot Kynes lecturing to a siege-worn class. Before the lectures, though, he had to convince the Fremen. To understand how this came about, you must first understand the enormous single-mindedness, the innocence with which he approached any problem. He was not naive, He merely permitted himself no distractions. He was exploring the arrakis landscape in a one-man ground car one hot afternoon when he stumbled onto a deplorably common scene. Six Harkonnen Bravos, shielded and fully armed, had trapped three Fremen youths in the open behind the shield wall near the village of Winsack. To Kynes, it was a ding-dong battle, more slapstick than real till he focused on the fact that the Harkonnens intended to kill the Fremen. By this time, one of the youths was down with a severed artery. Two of the Bravos were down as well, but it was still four armed men against two striplings. Kynes wasn't brave. He merely had that single-mindedness and caution. The Harkonnens were killing Fremen.
1: They were destroying the tools with which he
0: intended to remake a planet. He triggered his own shield, waded in, and had two of the Harkonnens dead with a slip tip before they knew anyone was behind them. He dodged a sword thrust from one of the others, slit the man's throat with a neat entresure, and left the lone remaining bravo to the two Fremen youths, turning his full attention through saving the lad on the ground and save the lad he did, while the sixth Harkonnen was being dispatched. Now, here was a pretty kettle of sand trout. The Fremen didn't know what to make of Kynes. They knew who he was, of course. No man arrived on Arrakis without a full dossier finding its way into the Fremen strongholds. They knew him. He was an imperial servant. But he killed Harkonnens. Adults might have shrugged, and with some regret sent his shade to join those of the six dead men on the ground. But these Fremen were inexperienced youths, and all they could see was that they owed this Imperial servant a mortal obligation. Kynes wound up two days later in a siege that looked down on Windpass. To him it was all very natural. He talked to the Fremen about water, about dunes anchored by grass, about palmeries filled with date palms, about old quannets flowing across the desert. He talked and talked and talked. All around him raged a debate that kinds never saw. What to do with this madman? He knew the location of a major siege. What to do? What if his words, his mad talk about paradise on a just
1: talk he knows too much, he killed Harkonnens. What of the water burden? When do we owe the Imperium anything? He killed Harkonnens. Anyone can kill Harkonnens. I have done it myself. But what of this talk about the
0: flowering of Arrakis? Very simple, where is the water for this? He says it is here, and he did save three of ours. He saved three fools who had put themselves in the way of the Harkonnen fist, and he had seen Chris Knives. The necessary decision was known for hours before it was voiced. The Tao of the Siege tells its members what they must do. Even the most brutal necessity is known. An experienced fighter was sent with a consecrated knife to do the job. Two watermen followed him to get the water from the body. Brutal necessity. It's doubtful that Kynes even focused on his would-be executioner. He was talking to a group that spread around him at a cautious distance. He walked as he talked, a short circle gesturing. Open water, Kynes said.
1: Walk in the open without still suits, water for dipping it out of a pond. Portigal's
0: the knifeman confronted him.
1: Remove yourself,
0: Kynes said, and went on talking about secret wind traps. He brushed past the man. Kynes' back stood open for the ceremonial blow. What went on in that would-be executioner's mind cannot be known now. He did finally listen to Kynes, and believe? Who knows, but what he did is a matter of record. Juliet was his name. Older Juliet. Juliet walked 3 paces and deliberately fell on his own knife thus removing himself. Suicide. Some say Shyhalud removed him. Talk about omens. From that instant kinds had but to point saying go there. Tyre Fremen tribes went and died. Women died, children died, but they went. Kynes returned to his Imperial chores, directing the biological testing stations, and now Fremen began to appear among the station personnel. The Fremen looked at each other. They were infiltrating the system, a possibility they'd never considered. Station tools began finding their way into the Warrens especially rays, which were used to dig underground catch basins and hidden wind traps. Water began collecting in the basins. It became apparent to the Fremen that Kynes was not a madman totally, just mad enough to be holy. He was one of the Ummah, the Brotherhood of Prophets. The shade of Juliet was advanced to the Sadis, the throne of heavenly judges. Kynes, direct savagely intent kinds, knew that highly organized research is guaranteed to produce nothing new. He set up small unit experiments with a regular interchange of data for a swift Tansley effect. Let each group find its own path, they must accumulate millions of tiny facts. He organized only isolated and rough run-through tests to put their difficulties into perspective. Core samplings were made throughout the blood charts were developed on the long drifts of weather that are called climate he found that in the wide belt contained by the 70 degree lines north and south temperatures thousands of years hadn't gone outside the 254 to 332 degrees absolute range and that this belt had long growing seasons where temperatures ranged from 284 To 302 degrees absolute bonanza range for terraform life once they solve the water problem when
1: will we solve it
0: the fremen asked
1: when will we see arrakis as a paradise
0: in the manner of a teacher answering a child who was asked the sum of two plus two Kynes told
1: them from 300 to 500 years
0: a lesser folk might have howled in dismay, but the famine had learned patience from men with whips. It was a bit longer than they had anticipated, but they all could see that the blessed day was coming. They tightened their sashes and went back to work somehow. The disappointment made the prospect of paradise more real. The concern on Arrakis was not with water, but with moisture. Pets were almost unknown, stock animals rare. Some smugglers employed the domesticated desert ass, the cullen, but the water price was high even when the beasts were fitted with modified still suits. Kynes thought of installing reduction plants to recover water from the hydrogen and oxygen locked in native rock, but the energy cost factor was far too high. The polar caps, disregarding the false sense of water security they gave the peons, held far too small an amount for his project, and he already suspected where the water had to be. There was that consistent increase of moisture at median altitudes and in certain winds. There was that primary clue in the air balance, 23% oxygen, 75.4% nitrogen, 0.023% carbon dioxide, the trace gases taking up the rest. There was a rare native root plant that grew above the 2,500-meter level in the northern temperate zone. The tuber, two meters long, yielded half a liter of water, and there were the terraformed desert plants, the tougher ones showed signs of thriving if planted in depressions lined with dew precipitators. Then, Kine saw the salt pan, his thopter, flying between stations far out on the Bled was blown off course by a storm. When the storm passed. There was the pan, a giant oval depression some three hundred kilometers on the long axis, a glaring white surprise in the open desert. Kynes landed, tasted the pan's storm cleaned surface. Salt. Now he was certain. There had been open water on Arrakis. Once he began re examining the evidence of the dry wells where trickles of water had appeared and vanished, never to return. Kynes set his newly trained Fremen liminologists to work. Their chief clue, leathery scraps of matter sometimes found with the spice mass after a blow. This had been ascribed to a fictional sand trout in Fremen folk stories. As facts grew into evidence, a creature emerged to explain these leathery scraps, a sand swimmer that blocked off water into fertile pockets within the porous lower strata below the 280 absolute line. This water stealer died by the millions in each spice blow. A five degree change in temperature would kill it. Few survivors entered a semi dormant cyst hibernation to emerge in six years as small, about three meters long, sandworms. Of these, only a few avoided their larger brothers and pre spiced water pockets to emerge into maturity as the giant Shai Halud. Water is poisonous to Shai Halud as the famine long known from drowning the rare stunted worm of the minor erg produce the awareness-spectrum narcotic they call water of life. The stunted worm is a primitive form of shai that reaches a length of only about nine meters. Now they had a circular relationship, little maker to pre-spice mass, little maker to shai-halud, shai-halud to scatter the spice upon which fed microscopic creatures called sand plankton, Sand plankton, food for shy growing, burrowing, becoming little makers. Kynes and his people turned their attention from these great relationships and focused now on microecology. First, the climate. The sand surface often reached temperatures of 344 degrees to 350 degrees absolute, a foot below the ground might be 55 degrees cooler a foot above the ground 25 degrees cooler leaves or black shade could provide another 18 degrees of cooling next the nutrients sand of Arrakis is mostly a product of warm digestion dust the truly omnipresent problem there is produced by the constant surface creep the saltation movement of sand coarse grains are found on the downsides of dunes. The windward side is packed smooth and hard. Old dunes are yellow, oxidized. Young dunes are the color of the parent rock, usually gray. Downward sides of old dunes provide the first plantation areas. The fremen aimed first for a cycle of poverty grass, with peat-like hair cilia to intertwine, matte and fixed the dunes by depriving the wind of its big weapon, movable grains. Adaptive zones were laid out in the deep south, far from her Conan watchers. The mutated poverty grasses were planted first along the downward slip face of the chosen dunes that stood across the path of the prevailing westerlies. With the downwind face anchored, the windward face grew higher and higher. And the grass was moved to keep pace. Giant sifts, long dunes with sinuous crest of more than 1,500 meters height, were produced this way. When barrier dunes reached sufficient height, the windward faces were planted with tougher sword grasses, each structure on a base about six times as thick as its height was anchored, fixed. Now they came in with deeper plantings, ephemerals, cinnopods, pigweeds, and amaranth to begin, then scotch broom, low lupine, fine eucalyptus, the type adapted for Caledon's northern reaches, dwarf tamarisk, shore pine, then the true desert growths, candelilla, saguaro, and visnaga, and barrel cactus, where it would grow. They introduced camel sage, onion grass, goby feather grass, wild alfalfa, burrow bush, sand verbena, evening primrose, incense bush, smoke tree, creosote bush. They turned then to the necessary animal life, burrowing creatures to open the soil and aerated kit fox, kangaroo mouse, desert hare, sand terrapin, and the predators to keep them in check. Desert hawk dwarf owl, eagle, and desert owl, and insects to fill the niches these couldn't reach. Scorpion, centipede, trapdoor spider, the biting wasp, the the wormfly, and the desert bat to keep watch on these. Now came the crucial test, date palms, cotton, melons, coffee, medicinals, More than 200 selected food plant types to test
1: and adopt. The thing the ecologically illiterate don't realize about an ecosystem, Kynes said, is that it's a system. A system, a system maintains a certain fluid stability that can be destroyed by a misstep in just one niche. System has order of flowing from point point if something damps that flow or collapses. The untrained might miss that collapse until it was too late. That's why the highest function of ecology is the understanding of consequences."
0: Had they achieved a system? Kinds, as people watched and waited, the famine now knew what he meant by an open-end prediction to five hundred years. A report came up from the Palmaries, the desert edge of the plantings, the sand plankton is being poisoned through interaction with the new forms of life, the reason, protein, incompatibility. Poisonous water was forming there which the Arrakis life would not touch. Barren zones surrounded the plantings, and even Shai Halud would not invade it. Kynes went down to Palmeries himself, a twenty thumpered trip in a palanquin, like wounded man, Forever, mother, because he never became a sand writer. he tested the barren zone, sank to heaven, and came up with a bonus, a gift from Arrakis. The addition of sulfur and fixed nitrogen converted the barren zone to a rich plant bed for terraform life. The plantings could be advanced at will. Does this change the timing? The Fremen asked. Kynes went back to his planetary formulae. When Trap figures were fairly secure by then, he was generous with his allowances, knowing he couldn't draw any lines around ecological problems. A certain amount of plant cover had to be set aside to hold dunes in place. A certain amount for foodstuffs, both human and animal. A certain amount to lock moisture in root systems, to feed water out into surrounding parched areas.
2: They'd mapped the roving cold spots on the open bled by this time. These had to be figured into the formulae. Even Shai Halud had a place in the charts. He must never be destroyed, else spice wealth would end. But his inner digestive factory, with its enormous concentrations of aldehydes and acids, was a giant source of oxygen, a medium worm, about 200 meters long, discharged into the atmosphere as much oxygen as 10 square kilometers of green growing photosynthesis surface. He had the Guild to consider, the spice bribe to the Guild for preventing weather satellites and other watchers in the skies of Arrakis already had reached major proportions, nor could the Fremen be ignored, especially the Fremen with their wind traps and irregular land holdings organized around water supply. The Fremen, with their new ecological literacy and their dream of cycling vast areas of Arrakis through a prairie phase into forest cover. From the charts emerged a figure. Kinds reported it, 3%. If they could get 3% of the green plant element on Arrakis involved in forming carbon compounds, they'd have their self-sustaining cycle. But how long? The Fremen demanded, oh, that, about 350 years. So it was true, as this Uma had said in the beginning, the thing would not come in the lifetime of any man now living, nor in the lifetime of their grandchildren eight times removed, but it would come. The work continued, building, planting, digging, training the children, then Kynes the Uma was killed in the cave in at Plaster Basin. By this time his son Liet Kynes was nineteen, a full Fremen and sand rider who had killed more than a hundred Harkonnens. The imperial appointment for which the elder Kynes already had applied in the name of his son was delivered as a matter of course. The rigid class structure of the frock had its well-ordered purposes here, the son had been trained to follow the father. The course had been set by this time. The ecological Fremen were aimed along their way. Liet Kynes had only to watch and nudge and spy upon the Harkonnens. Until the day this planet was afflicted by a hero.
0: Thanks for listening to the Dead Authors Society. Be sure to follow for more content posted several days a week.